welcome to Little Yo Pod Campfire Stories, the supplement to the All Things Yosemite podcast, where we bring you stories of mishap, adventure, and strange happenings from the Sierra Nevada Mountains and Yosemite National Park. I'm Laura Jackson. I am an interpretive guide in Yosemite who has lived and worked in the park since 2004. And on this week of Little Yo Pod Campfire Stories, I wanted to get away from the spooky stories of the previous episodes and share a story of adventure and discovery. But although the story I'm going to share doesn't involve mountain peaks or wild animals or swift rivers, it does involve one of those moments in time when everything changes for a person. A moment that we never see coming and cannot be forgotten. It is a reminder that we cannot get too comfortable or complacent in our lives because life is fragile and everything can change in an instant. And if we're lucky, we can walk away from something we perhaps shouldn't have, knowing that if anything had gone a little differently that day, everything would be different. This week on Little Yo Pod Campfire Stories, I wanted to bring you a harrowing experience I had on the Tioga Pass Road in Yosemite, and how I learned that there are no rules in this life. Sometimes we just get lucky. The Tioga Pass Road is the highest mountain pass that you can drive in California. It reaches almost 10,000 feet in elevation at the park's eastern entrance, making it one of the most inclement areas for dangerous weather in the park. The road itself is terrifying on a good day. A steep descent from the pass parallels Levining Canyon and eventually spits you out near Mono Lake, and it drops about 3,000 feet in just over five miles. It passes through sections where the road is literally cut into the side of a mountain with massive boulders loosely held to the side of the hill on one side of you and a sheer drop into the canyon on the other. Scary as it is, though, thousands of people cross the Tioga Pass each year to enjoy the great rewards found on either side. On the west side is Yosemite and on the east side is, well the glorious east side of the Sierra Nevada, boasting impressive granite peaks, alpine lakes, and meadows, and good beer, and great people. One of my favorite places on earth. Visitors to Yosemite are often surprised when they ask what we do on our weekends, and learn that many employees do not stay in Yosemite on their weekend during the summer. A lot of us make the trip through Tuolumne Meadows and over the Tioga Pass to stay in June or Mammoth Lakes or to adventure near Bridgeport or Bishop. It's kind of like a second home for a lot of us. For outdoor enthusiasts, there is no finer place to be. In my opinion, the east side embodies almost everything worth living for on this planet. And part of its appeal may just be how unforgiving it can be at, at times. It's really not for the faint of heart. The Eastern Sierra offers beauty and splendor beyond words and comprehension, but it is fickle and harsh at times getting the best of even the most experienced mountaineers. I think just about every person I know who has spent a significant amount of time in the Sierra Nevada mountains has had an event they would consider too close for comfort. And I've had a few myself. But perhaps the closest I ever came to facing my own mortality was not on the granite peaks of the High Sierra. It was on the Tioga Pass on a summer day in 2018. This story starts with a fire that broke out on Friday the 13th in July of 2018, what we would come to know as the Ferguson Fire. 
Within a few days of the fire, Yosemite Valley filled with smoke so thick you couldn't see the valley walls. We were still working at the time. My job took me outside for several hours a day, despite the hazardous air quality, which for a few days was the worst worldwide, worse than Beijing. I was getting awful headaches. My energy levels had severely plummeted. A simple bike ride or flat walk was leaving me winded, and there was actual black soot that was coming out of my sinuses every time I sneezed or blew my nose. It was some of the worst smoke pollution I had ever seen. So when my weekend arrived, I quickly packed up and left Yosemite Valley to head to the east side, more specifically to Mammoth Lakes to see some friends and do some hiking and breathe some fresher air. It was still kind of bad over there too. Not as bad though. We would eventually be evacuated for that fire. That's that's how bad it got. And it was for the smoke, um, uh, the, the air quality. Yeah, it was pretty bad that year. Um, but anyway, uh, on my way out uh, toward Mammoth Lakes on that trip, before I would eventually go live there for the summer, I didn't bother to check the weather. Um, I didn't usually check the weather during the summer because rain and thunderstorms were so infrequent that the possibility of getting stuck in one hadn't even crossed my mind. And anyway, it wasn't that big of a deal. I had made that trip hundreds of times. So what could possibly go wrong? I noticed things were a little unusual when I reached the Mono Pass trailhead and it had started to rain when I was in Tuolumne and while it wasn't heavy, the clouds really seemed to come out of nowhere. They came in very quickly. One moment it was like sunny and 70 degrees, a perfect summer day and then in an instant the sky went dark and the temperature dropped significantly. The wind was blowing like crazy and I could feel my car struggling to stay on the road. Now, I should have pulled over then, but I didn't. We always notice those moments when a strange intuition kicks in and don't heed the warning until after it's too late. So I drove on toward Tioga Pass, where the rain had turned to hail as I gained elevation, and it was so heavy it was collecting on the road and piling up on the shoulder. So I passed through the entrance station, the Summit Pass, and started the descent into Levining Canyon, and so it was all downhill at this point. But that's when I noticed probably the most troubling warning yet. So all the vehicles that were coming in that were headed westbound uh, from the east side into Yosemite were pulled over on the side of the road. And there was very little incoming traffic that was actually on the road. So I was kind of wondering what was going on. Certainly this seemed very strange, but I hadn't yet reached the section of the road I would subsequently refer to as the Tioga Pass Gauntlet. The traffic in my lane was still moving, so I went along with it. I figured if there was an emergency, we would know, wouldn't we? They would have at least said something at the entrance station, unless they didn't know what was going on further down the road. Things change very suddenly on the Tioga Pass Road, too suddenly to issue a warning sometimes, and there isn't any cell phone coverage, so even if someone did want to report an emergency, they would have to wait until they reached the town of Levining before they could report anything. So I passed Saddlebag Lake, and the hail turned back into rain as I dropped elevation, but there's still really no incoming traffic uh, heading westbound, um, the opposite direction of where I was going. And I really began to wonder, 
what was happening ahead. I knew something was up. I could feel dread creeping into my body and my hands were already clutching the steering wheel tightly as I struggled to maintain focus and my vehicle in the heavy downpour, which had flooded the road at that point. But I pushed through the torrent, eager to make it down to Levining without getting into a wreck. The most dangerous section of the road, however, was still ahead. The Tioga Pass Gauntlet is a stretch of road no longer than one mile, but it is terrifying. The angle of the hill above the road is steep. It's too steep to even walk on. Um, it's an, it's very, very high, a sharp angle. And it is severely eroded. There's no vegetation holding the hillside together. And boulders of all sizes rest precariously overhead as you're driving. Some of them are barely snuggled into the dirt. And you're looking at them, you're not really sure what's holding them up there. Um, if a boulder is released from the side of the hill, which happens every day, it rolls down and either gets stuck in a little trench that's been built between the hillside and the road, or it makes it past the trench and it lands on the road with cars whizzing by, or if it has enough momentum, the boulder will roll past the road and sail off into Levining Canyon, thousands of feet below potentially taking anything with it that gets in the way. We're really always taking a risk through this short section. Most of the time, it's fine. But that day, everything was going wrong. Because the storm came in so quickly, the crew station nearby didn't have the opportunity to close the road. At least that's what I'm assuming, because it hadn't been closed yet, and it probably should have been. The fast and heavy rain had set debris loose from the side of the hill and dozens of boulders were sent tumbling into the highway as traffic continued on. So by the time I reached the Tioga Pass gauntlet, rocks of all sizes were flying in front and in back of me. And I actually looked up at the hillside for a moment and watched, actually watched as rocks were being released from the slope and heading down toward the road and heading me. So I was definitely white knuckling it at this point. I, I couldn't believe the situation that I was in. But miraculously, none of the boulders were hitting me. And I swerved and weaved around the debris that had fallen and settled on the road in front of me. My heart was thundering so hard in my chest and I was just screaming, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, with every lucky maneuver. The obstacles were coming faster and growing in size until there it was, my second biggest fear. If my first biggest fear was getting knocked off the cliff to my right, my second biggest fear was that a massive unpassable boulder would sit in the middle of the road as debris continued to rain down on all sides. I stopped cold and looked at the boulder, weighing my options. Back up. I had to back up. I threw the car into reverse and looked behind me, and another car behind me was immobilized by whatever was behind it. So there were three of us boxed in on the Tioga Pass Road with no options. This is it, I thought. I'm going to die today. This is how it happens. I thought of how tragic this was for all of us stuck there. The only thing we hadn't done yet was start running. I unlocked my car door, ready to bail. I assumed the people in the other cars were doing the same. It was only a matter of time before the boulder that came would knock us into the canyon. 
I can't tell you what I was thinking about specifically at the time. The thoughts were just too sad and too dark. But I can say I never felt more grateful for the people I loved than in those few moments when I believed I would never see any of them again. I glanced back and I saw the face of the driver behind me and the car in front of me as they continued to shift between reversing and accelerating. I knew what they were going through. They wanted to do something. They were trying to communicate, but I had no way of telling them that there was nothing we could do. My heart was breaking. It was breaking for them as much as for myself. But all at once, the rain slowed, and my heart lifted when I looked ahead and saw one of the most beautiful things I had ever seen. Through the tempest, a giant tractor came barreling up the road toward us, The man inside quickly went to work, shoving the boulders to the side of the road. His expert precision was remarkable. To finesse such a behemoth piece of equipment on that narrow mountain road in those conditions, I watched with such awe and admiration as one boulder after another shoved away, and then he got to the big boulder. And just like that, it was gone, and our passage was clear. The driver waved his arms wildly at us, shouting, Go, go, go! And we charged through, faster than we should have been going in the flooded conditions. I looked in my rearview mirror to see him, still clearing the road as a parade of cars followed behind me. I don't think I even breathed for the next minute as I raced down the mountain toward Lee Vining. I pulled over as soon as I could outside of the Mono Market and felt my whole body tingle as adrenaline rushed out of me and the blood returned to my fingers, which I somehow managed to peel off the steering wheel. And then I burst into tears. I sobbed and sobbed alone in my car. I had never felt so happy. It's a feeling I can only really sum up with a quote from the film The Royal Tenenbaums. You were never dying, Richie Tenenbaum says to his dad, Royal, after Royal fooled his family into thinking he was suffering from a terminal illness, to which Royal responds, but I'm going to live. And while I will never know how close I was that day to, you know what, I know one thing for certain, I was going to live. I think about that event every time I cross the Tioga Pass Road. There will never come a time when the image of rocks flying toward me as I helplessly sat in my car waiting for a miracle to happen won't enter my mind. But I am grateful for that event. Modern psychology says that practicing gratitude is one of the best ways to fight depression and feelings of sadness. I always thought the concept sounded too syrupy for my taste. Practicing gratitude? Like at Thanksgiving? No thanks. But gratitude comes in many forms. It comes in being mindful every day and giving of ourselves. It comes not only when we think of the things we like, but when we think of the things we can't stand to lose. I couldn't stand the thought of not telling the people I loved how I felt about them at least one more time. I couldn't stand the thought of not ever seeing my family or my closest friends again. And I couldn't stand the thought of not meeting my best friend's baby who was growing in her belly that summer. I didn't think about money. I didn't think about my things. I didn't think about status. I thought about my people and how grateful I was for every one of them. And I'm grateful to the man who saved my life that day and how he must have saved hundreds of lives over the years. Hundreds of lives who perhaps felt as grateful as I did. And what a gift it is to give someone another day.
I want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod Campfire Stories. If you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and like us on Facebook at Little Yo Pod. If you have a story you would like to share on a future episode, you can email me at littleyopod at gmail.com. I don't know how many more of these stories I have <laughs> in the old brain space, um, but I'm going to keep trying to trying to drag them out for you if I don't hear from anyone else. So um, you'll have a lot more of me probably in the future. Um, but you can email me if you do have a story you'd like to share at littleyopod at gmail.com. I imagine once we all get back to work that um, we'll have some more stories coming in. Uh, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, so this week's fun fact, as if traveling the Tioga Pass Road itself isn't enough of an experience, people coming over the road in the 1920s that were headed eastbound were expected to fully undress and be fumigated for one hour before traveling on toward Nevada after hoof and mouth disease broke out in California. I believe that was in 1924. So there you go. Yosemite National Park, building characters since 1864. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yo Pod. I'm Laura Jackson. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.